0: Wherever you listen, throughout the world, it's football time! Welcome back to another episode of the Gridiron Guys. Uh, You're with me, Zach, and as always, Cam's doing here. We're back after a huge week, Monday the 14th of February. There was so much to digest from that, Uh, so I'll bring in Cam. Cam, how was your Valentine's Day? Did you get up to much? Spoil the missus, you know how that is?
1: Yeah, spoiled her by putting on the football for three and a half hours. I'm sure she was absolutely thrilled with that. Um, yeah, look, we've—I'm baffled. We've gotten through a whole season. We've managed to stay afloat for the rest of the season, and we're 40 episodes in. So it's pretty good to culminate that season.
0: Yeah, huge, huge. And I think we're going to finish up a bang, tie everything up in a nice little bow, and get sucked in. But it was, as we all are quite aware, the Rams beat the Bengals 23 to 20. Plenty to talk about. Where do you want to start, Kim?
1: Uh, Before we start, I guess before you went into the game, I guess, did you have any bets or any predictions of what you thought was going to happen before we saw it all unfold?
0: Uh... I didn't actually put on myself, but I was pretty keen on Bengals at the line. I thought that uh, the handicap was plus four, so I thought that was a lot mm. easy. It was always going to be a tight one, especially these guys going through. You see, basically, they're winning off their kickers. Gay and McPherson have been lights out this whole time. So mm. it really felt like it was going to come down to a field goal, to be honest. Uh, look, really, we should have read the tea leaves. OBJ first touchdown score was an absolute model. We should have seen that one coming, realistically, that... <laughs> and yeah, I think, oh, yeah. yeah Cooper Cup MVP um that was a no-brainer because we just assumed that Stafford was going to throw too many picks as he did and uh if the Rams won it had to be Cooper Cup so and it was
1: yeah look I think you absolutely bang on there I don't think I won any money I was going for the white Gatorade shower a few other little offsider bets um I got pretty close on my multi but OBJ with the ACL which we'll talk about later really mm. uh hurt me down the stretch there. But I think, yeah, I guess we should tuck into the game.
0: Yeah, huge. So, look, uh, started off sort of quite slow, both teams feeling each other out for a little bit. But as we sort of said, Odell was the one that got the spark started. He got that first touchdown and really it felt like got the Rams on a roll then.
1: Yeah, it did. I, I think looking at that play, I suppose they sort of, as you said, felt each other out. They had Bell, Von Bell in the middle of the field and they sort of played like a... I'd say probably like a one high coverage. And I don't think they play that for the rest of the game because Stafford picked that out pretty easy. OBJ got pretty open. And yeah, as you said, easy first touchdown. And then the rest of the heart quarter, I don't think really too much back and forth there. I think like Ramsey got a nice stop down the stretch, but yeah, it was a good start to the game.
0: Yeah, I think there was a lot of three and outs that first quarter feeling out. But the interesting call was for the Bengals to go on their first drive on fourth and short there on that first play. What did you Mm. think about that?
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty rare. I know it's pretty balls in. I like that. You've got to try and I mean you've got to take anything you can get to win. But early in the game, I mean, that's pretty critical. You're giving it up with great field position to a team who doesn't need a huge amount of field position to get it done. It's a it's a I found that an interesting decision. I think I said that to you. I said that's oh, very bizarre that they've gone for that there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I I don't know. I think when you've got a young team like that, you probably Going for it all so early in the game is probably a risky decision, realistically, because Hmm. you want these guys to get settled. You don't need them, hearts running in their mouth and all that sort of thing, because that's when mistakes do happen. And that's probably something you want to leave till maybe third or fourth quarter when they're a bit feeling the game out. They've got the flow of the game and those sorts of things. That first down, look, (laughs) it's an interesting call. Obviously, they might have felt as well that they were, because they were sort of near the midfield. So whether they felt that their punter might have been too close, but they were Hmm. too far for a field goal type thing. So you can sort of see that. But obviously, as we said, it did turn around. They got that touchdown from OBJ. Um, But that's sort of where his night ended, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was actually pretty disappointing. We talked previously in our preview about, the like, I think Odell needed to get touches early. You said Stafford needed to get him the ball early, which they did. They really fed it to him quick and early. And he got so many yards early on, got the touchdown. And then, yeah, that was such a disappointing end to his night for him.
0: Yeah, so... I, I don't know. Unfortunately for him, he got the win and he got the touchdown. But where he goes from here, further on, uh, I think we'll touch on later. But so then going forward, then the Bengals got back into it. They responded with their uh, well, their own touchdown after, sorry, the Rams' second one, which was Cooper Cup. So this was both into the second mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, they yep. both traded touchdowns. And then that's when we started to get towards the end of the first half. And that's when Stafford threw his first pick, which was absolutely junk.
1: Yeah, look, I suppose talking through that second quarter, I suppose they really got the run game going. Mixon actually started coming to life in that second quarter, and we talked about that. We said they need to establish that run game, and they did. And I think that started showing a bit of dominance towards the Bengals. You thought Bengals are going to start to take a bit of ascendancy here. um. But, yeah, that second touchdown to Cooper Cup, that was, I think it was on the Eli Apple as well. Um, He let that one in again. And then Stafford, yeah, I'm not sure what he was thinking there. I know he was like throwing it deep into the end zone, but picked off pretty easy, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it wasn't really – it was almost – I wouldn't say it was double coverage, but he was definitely not going into a safe throw, Uh, and he just sort of launched it. I know it was towards the end of the half, and so it didn't really matter too much, and, you know, they didn't get any points on the other side. But, again, that's those sort of junk plays where he's just looking to just toss it and not really being um, safe with the football, I suppose.
1: Yeah, definitely, and we kind of expected that from him. We thought he has some errant passes in his game, and they actually started to show pretty early there.
0: Yeah, correct. So, again, towards the end of the half as well, traded punts, it, which felt like what was most of this game was about. So, and then that was sort of the first half. We go into the halftime. Great halftime show, by the way. Uh, everyone's so fresh playlist from the early two thousands popped up there for sure.
1: Yeah, if you were born in the nineties, you would have been absolutely loving that. Uh, just some absolute quality, some Cali legends and a few others. Uh, I think I was saying to you boys earlier, there was a girl that we went to school with that managed to be a dancer in the halftime show, which we thought was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, the show itself was brilliant. And I suppose the younger kids probably had no idea who some of those people were.
0: Nah, not a clue, to be honest. (laughs) So (laughs) moving on, then we go into the second half, uh, which started off like a house on fire. We had the touchdown pass to T Higgins. Now contentious call this one, Probably should have been a face mask. Going through that, I thought the whole game was ref fairly well. Um, they let the guys play. They didn't really throw too many flags, especially in coverage there. But there was a couple of contentious calls. This was probably the first one which sort of sparked it. Uh, that was the face mm. mask, which really should have been called back for offensive pass interference.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the, the refs put their flags away in this game, which... I like, but like you, you say, the regular season, that gets pulled up 95% of the time. They're whistle happy. They're throwing flags all the time. So I'm happy how it went. I think if Bengals win, we'd probably still be talking about that call now because I guess that's a game changer. If they get the win, that's a huge one in the in the grand scheme of the game. Ramsey hadn't covered. Um, that pretty much gave it to Higgins there. Ramsey didn't have the best of games, as we'll probably talk about later, But I think he was pretty unfortunate in that situation. As you said, there were some poor calls probably later in the game, which we'll get to when we get to the end. But, yeah, this one I wasn't happy with.
0: Yeah, because that was, I think, even though they were holding their flags in and you possibly could have called it holding no matter what, I like how they leave the holding go. But as soon as he Mm. grabbed that face mask, that's where it should have been thrown.
1: Yeah, there's some clear and obvious ones there, and that one was definitely clear and obvious.
0: So, anyways, they get the touchdown. We turn around and Matt Stafford throws another interception. Unlike, though, this one wasn't really his fault. That one bounced off the hands, but we had momentum, all Bengals. It was all the Bengals, and they were coming for them, weren't they?
1: Yeah, well, at this point in the day, did you probably think the Bengals are a very good chance to win this from here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Uh, You thought if they get down there and get points, you wanted them to get a touchdown. That would have really put the Rams in trouble, but getting points, getting that scoreboard ticking over in the second half was really what they needed. to, And that would have really put an exclamation mark on that first touchdown. You know, you come away, you get a touchdown, first play of the second half, you get the takeaway, and then you go down and put more pressure on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's where the Bengals really needed to grab this game by the scruff of the neck. But I suppose when saying that, the pass rush from the Rams was phenomenal. Von Miller was unbelievable. Aaron Donald, we saw, was getting double-manned all day, was still managing to make issues for Joe Burrow down the stretch and I think that's probably the difference maker as we said the O-line and we haven't talked about it yet I mean he let in they let in seven sacks on the day he was pressured a huge amount I think I saw a stat saying he was being the most sack quarterback in a playoff series I think 17 sacks
0: mm-hmm.
1: something ridiculous and I think he was sacked a stupid amount of times through the year so I mean that's probably their glaring knee going into the off season going a bit ahead of ourselves here but that's where they lost the game I believe
0: yeah, absolutely. You saw the defense. They turned it up on the second half. Once they started to get on top of them, those guys get a little bit tired. You know, those big boys down in the trenches and they got on top of them easily. So we traded field goals then. And then, yeah, I think mm. that's when the defense has stepped up for both sides. And we had just a multiple of three and out, three and outs, punts, punts, punts. Uh, it really didn't look like this game was going anywhere, did it? Until... Uh, the Rams made one final charge down the field, 15 plays, 79 yards, took about four, five minutes off the clock as well and ended up in a touchdown. Again, contentious circumstances.
1: Yeah, this is where the flags came flying in and, and people got pretty upset about that. I think if you're really, I mean, Bengals fans are probably looking to throw it, say the game was lost there and then, but if you look back, as you've just said, there was four, three announced there. Bengals had chances but they didn't get anything going. I know Joe Burrow went down with his knee, so we don't know how bad that is. He played through it, and fair play to him. That was pretty good, but it didn't look great. But, yeah, that touchdown drive, Matty Stafford, they just caught a charge down the field, took plenty off the clock. I think that holding call purely on the fact that Logan Wilson's a linebacker is why they called it. I think whenever they see a linebacker mismatched on a wide receiver, that's it. They're going to throw that flag.
0: Yeah, they really felt like he... Almost like he, the only way he's going to catch up to the wide receiver is if he's causing a penalty, yeah. and that's why they throw it. It's like that preemptive throw, and that's probably, that's probably one where I would have said, you guys have not called this all game. You're holding it. I'd probably let that one go because he was fairly away. Like He had a little tug of the jersey, but I think the way that they were calling the game all game, that one should have been left.
1: Yeah, it definitely should have. I suppose that's probably the one. They probably still might have scored. I don't know. They're in a pretty good position to do that. But, yeah, I mean, that last touchdown, I, I don't understand how you run that with Cooper Cup, one man out with Eli Apple. I think he's going to go there. He's looking for him all day. you got a double man there. I don't know. I don't understand that play call.
0: Yeah, that was a, um, I think that was set up quite well by the first and goal. So they've had the penalty. They've had the first and goal at the one, and they've set yep. Matt Stafford up the middle with a QB sneak. Now, mm-hmm. would you have done that first drive? Possibly not. But I think what they were doing was they were setting up to force the Bengals to go run defense. So they were basically going to pile mm-hmm. everyone into the box. And we just sent yep. one guy out there and put him on an island. And so basically the Bengals in their mind had run, 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 because that's what they thought they were going to do for this full three um, plays. But I think they played them perfectly Uh You really would have seen it as soon as anyone, any of us idiots sitting on the couch eating our Doritos would have realised that, hey man, that guy's out there in the middle on his own on an island, they're going to throw it to him, all right? Even I could see that coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can read that in in the newspaper, like that was so easily relayed, but I mean in the grand scheme of things, it's easy to say for us, but in the moment I suppose the play is drawn up there, there's a reason for it. Um, the last drive for the Bengals, I think we've seen the replays a few times now. Given Joe Burrow one more second, does he get that pass out the back to Chase? We could be in a different story. What do you think of that one? I mean, it was a good pass rush, but did they have it?
0: Not really. No, I think it was fairly well covered by the looks. Um, they had it all going.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think that pass rush really showed out in the end. Like, And that's when the offensive line, I think, really made an issue. If Burrow had time there, he might have found him. But... Yeah, that's. I think that was done and dusted there. The defense did a job when they needed to, and that was pretty much the story of the day.
0: That was pretty much it, wasn't it? Because uh, I suppose you sort of look at it and early on it felt offensive. There was basically – whenever they built together a drive for the whole game, people got away with points. But other than that, it was just a defensive game, really good defense by both sides. Like there was no running yards, 43 yards for the Rams, and then there was 79 for the Bengals. As we sort of said, Mixon managed to get away. But other than that, there wasn't sort of too much. Both quarterbacks around 250, 280 yards each. Uh, no one, again, overly on the receptions. Cooper Cup, Odell. And then the Bengals, obviously, they had Higgins and Chase. But everyone else was fairly kept quiet, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were. And I suppose if you're looking at Burrow stats there, of like 250, you said... I think 75 of that comes from that big play. Another 45 comes from the big play to chase both great plays, mm. but outside of that, I don't believe he dearly did a huge amount for them. As you said, the defense kept him pretty quiet. He didn't really offer a huge amount else outside of that. Like I, I think their offense was pretty well stifled by the Rams. Um, yeah. I think for the, for the Bengals, you can't be disappointed by this, I suppose. Going from where they expected to be, I think you've done very well. I think it's just how they're going to run it back next year. I don't know.
0: Yeah, correct. And, I mean, when you sort of look at it, that one touchdown that he did throw probably should have been taken away. So, really, Joe Mixon was the <laughs> only one to throw a touchdown pass all day, um, which, by the way, great pass. Uh, <laughs> but I suppose sort of looking forward, where do both of these teams go? Okay, there's a couple of questions. Obviously, the biggest one is on the Rams. These guys have obviously traded mm-hmm. their future for these guys. There's a lot of talk about, oh, is Sean McVay going to retire because then he doesn't have to deal with the fallout? That's obviously just a vicious rumor, I think, for starters. Um, and then there was talk about potentially Aaron Donald retiring if he's finished, finished up as a winner. Again, sounds like he's going to be coming back. Another big question mark would obviously be Odell Beckham Jr. He signed himself to the one year. And look, you could quite easily put him to say he's happy now. He's won it. He could just walk away realistically and not have to come back from that knee of his. Um, So there's those sort of questions. But realistically, these Rams guys, they're all sort of getting old. I'm assuming they want to try and put together a Buccaneers-type roster where it comes back next Mm -hmm. year and still plays playoff football. You have Matt Stafford for the next at least couple of years, minimum, and that sort of core group. But that's the thing. Where do they go for this year? Do they sink their teeth in and go, right? Oh, we've won one. Let's just see how long we can make it last. Or do they start trading people off, letting them go off into the sunset and just you know, forgetting about it and going back to the bottom of the pile and tanking?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I suppose there's probably going to be a few casualties from this. I reckon Von Miller probably doesn't stick around. I think his was a one-year deal, right?
0: Mm, I believe so.
1: Yeah, so Miller, I don't know if Miller will be sticking around. I think he could look elsewhere for a bit more coin. Uh, He's got the ring, so the second ring to the collection. Um, Yeah, OBJ, I'm not too sure. Teams may be a bit hesitant on him after his second ACL on the same leg. He probably is a bit of damaged goods. I mean, he's still quality and still doing a job. Um, But yeah, I don't know. There's probably going to be a few casualties there. They're going to price themselves out of the market. A few guys will go here and there. But Stafford proved people wrong in, the, uh, in his first year there. I mean, Sherman's already come out and said he's not a Hall of Famer, but his career's not over. I think he's already proved out as wrong after his first season at the Rams. And the, the sky's the limit for the Rams, I suppose, if you can keep this group together.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose let's touch on that Hall of Fame discussion because um, I think mm. that's an interesting talk about Stafford. Uh, people are talking about a future Hall of Famer. Now, for me, I think, yeah, he is a Hall of Fame-caliber quarterback. Now, yes. that caliber... I would say he's up there. He can play that, but he doesn't have the record or the resume at the moment to be a Hall of Famer. I think what they bring up is a good point. If we start giving everyone that's played in the league for 10-plus years into the Hall of Fame, we'll have a pretty heavy hefty Hall of Fame, and that's going to get Mm. a bit ridiculous. We've been in a very passer-happy league. When you look at him, he's never actually won an MVP. He's never won a season, yards, touchdowns, anything like that. This is the first time in his career he's ever won playoff games. He's only ever made it to one Pro Bowl as well. So, And that's normally the top six QBs in the league every year. So if you're not even getting into that, you're not in the All-Pro team, look, I think he's not the resume there. He's definitely a Hall of Fame caliber. Can he get that resume? Possibly if he starts coming running it back with the Rams a couple of times.
1: Yeah, I think that's where the difference lies, and you've nailed that. Like, yeah, Hall of Fame caliber is probably the right word for that if he continues on the trajectory in the same sort of line with the Rams and gets a few more playoff wins, gets to a few more wins, a few awards, um, yeah, he's definitely capable of being there. But as you said, and Sherman said, they're throwing it around too easily. They're throwing around Hall of Fame titles. Oh, yeah, this guy's Hall of Fame, this guy's Hall of Fame. Like, as you said, it's going to become diluted. There's going to be too many guys in there that just weakens what we believe is actually Hall of Fame. Like, there's guys in the past that are Hall of Fame and these guys are now in. Like, comparatively, they're nowhere near these guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think we just throw the goat term around way too much these days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I mean, look, just because you're good enough doesn't mean you're in, you know, it's exactly the same as like Eli Apple. He's good enough to be a cornerback in the NFL. Doesn't mean he's going to stop the game winning drive. No, not at all. So, and the proof is in the pudding there, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely is there. Look, he had a bit of a stinker and he copped an absolute spray on Twitter, which was rightfully, rightfully deserved. But yeah, so I guess we've talked about the Rams where do the Bengals go next year? There, I mean, this team's capable of anything. They've got to do a lot in the draft and free agency because they're going to have to pay a few players and pick a few up with the money. What do they do?
0: I think that's going to be the Bengals. You look at the Bengals and that's quite a nice young team. They've clearly built this team. It's come from bottom of the AFC North, worked its way in one year all the way up, winning the division and then going all the way to the Super Bowl. So you've got young blokes like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, who are clearly the nucleus. Joe Mixon is great. and He looks like he's going to be around for a couple of years. Their defense was playing absolutely astounding as well. You know, they're keeping like some really huge offensive weapons in check that playoffs, you know, you're knocking off the Titans, the chiefs, the Raiders and going toe to toe with the Rams. So that's a handy defense to work with. So I think, Yes, guys that are coming up for contracts, that's going to be the iffy part, keeping everyone in because obviously everyone's going to be upgraded or earning potentially earning more money in free agency. So that's going to be the biggest thing, keeping this nucleus together. But I think now now we've got to go get a new offensive line. That's where it's got to be. That's the issue.
1: Yeah, definitely. They've got to really dive into the And offensive line is actually quite abundant in this draft that we've seen. There's a few guys there that are going in the – I mean, multiple tackles are going in the first round. They're being projected. And I think the previous year they made some really good pickups. I mean, some of the guys they picked up, some of the draft picks they got, they actually really now – their GM's done a fantastic job. Whether he can repeat that process, I don't know. But with the money they've got, they've got to pay Jesse Bates. He's probably the main one I think they've got to pay. But other than that, yeah, I don't see them going – regressing but there's other teams in the division who are still capable of knocking them off the Browns if they change quarterback the Steelers if they get a new quarterback they're capable of in the Ravens could run it back the Bengals could very well be an 8-9 team next year or they could win a whole bunch of games I don't really know
0: yeah it's going to be tight for them but I just think if you're a Bengals fan you you certainly feel like you're in a good spot don't you like there is there's that foundation there for the next couple of years. That's going to be able to build on that. And you're going to be able to become successful again for the next five to 10 years. Like they did in the early Andy Dalton years, you know, they weren't too bad back then, were they? They just could never win a playoff game. Here they are. They're back to the top and they're going to be able to be successful for a while. I think.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, you've got to be happy if you're a Bengals fan. Absolutely. Like you've got your, you've got your, some blokes that are going to be there for a very long time, unless they get priced out of the market but their core is going to stick around for a while. Now, I think looking back at the Rams, do teams start taking the approach of the Rams of saying, fuck these draft picks. Let's just get some really ready guys. Let's create super teams. I know it's harder than NBA because you've got to fill a lot more positions, but you can really throw away those first round picks on these guys that are potentially going to be good for guys that we know are going to be good. Is that potentially going to be seen throughout other teams?
0: Well, I think possibly but there's not enough players to go around doing that you've got to think there's only about four or five quarterbacks that are really going to go Mm -hmm. out there that you can go pick up and that are going to fully change your roster look at the broncos for a prime example over the past what is uh, like five six years since peyton manning won that super bowl they still had a fairly Mm -hmm. decent roster that's been fairly similar they brought in almost a new quarterback every year Joe Flacco was there for a bit. Case Keenum straight off that after he beat the Saints in the playoffs there that year, they, won the, they went to the NFC Championship. You know, he was good mm. that time. Um, you've got Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke came through the draft. Multiple other guys, even like Brock Osweiler. Um, but they just haven't been able to put that team forward. So if you're adding, say, potentially like as we're talking about today, like a Kirk Cousins. Do I think that changes them dramatically? No, I don't think so. If they start adding an Aaron Rodgers, yeah, absolutely. But it's only if you're adding that guy. And so I think it's just got to have to be a right place, right time sort of thing, isn't it? You know, Bucks, Brady comes out and he wants to go somewhere coastal or somewhere warm, bang, in you come. Yep, Stafford, come to the Rams, bang. So I think it's going to be because, you know, you can't go out and take away Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs, can you? He's not leaving. And I think what outside of them... Who else you got? Maybe um, not Tannehill. Yeah. See, I'm struggling to even think about any quarterback that you could go after, really. You know, there's basically like maybe four or five.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's not. You're right. There, there's not a huge amount of talent there after those first few guys and teams won't be really letting those guys go without a, without a fight or they're going to have to give up a lot to get them and sometimes it's too much. It has worked out for the Rams. I think they've done some really good wheeling and dealing through across the seasons and they actually got some... Good, I looked through their previous drafts. There's guys they've gotten in later rounds that have come in and they actually did a job during that Super Bowl. So look, we may not see it but I think we've got a pretty exciting free agency coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, then we've got the draft combine and then we've got the draft in april so i mean big season and we've enjoyed the whole thing
0: yeah it's been a massive 21 22 hasn't it uh full of ups and downs it's been wild like you really at the start of the year you could not see this coming well except for me who called it but uh (laughs) you know the rest of us this was just something that we thought wow this is going to be rinse and repeat brady v mahomes type deal but we had just a great year didn't we
1: We did, yeah. And look, I mean, going forward to next year, have you got any early predictions for us? Uh,
0: Look, I think I'm going to run it back with uh, my boy, Josh Allen and the Bills. I really think that they are really pushing because, again, they're another one of those teams that's pretty much chomping at the bit. They're ready to go. They add one or two guys. They're going to be next level, Uh, potentially the Broncos, depending on who we get. But as I said, if we get Case Keenum 2.0 and Kirk Cousins, uh, it'll be another story of rinse and repeat, really, at the bottom of the AFC West.
1: Yeah, look, it's going to be tough. There's going to be so much happening this offseason. There's a lot of QB contracts coming up and a lot of money to be thrown around. And like that's probably the most exciting time of year. So, look, I think we're probably going to have a week off and then we're sort of working, putting together a few uh, guests over the coming time, a few potential draft picks that are coming up and then a few other guys and we'll, so we'll work that from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, look, just keep posted to our socials. We'll be in touch. And until then, we'll see you there.
1: Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.